why is it episode 12 or something? Well, like- welcome then to the Pleo podcast. We're recording now. So, okay. uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> I'm Brayden and this is Charlotte. Hi. Hi, Charlotte. Uh, and with us, we've got an incredibly special guest, one of the most talented uh, <laughs> VP of sales that Pleo has ever seen. Uh, is, is that? There- st- has there ever been a, a different one? No. <laughs> please, <laughs> please introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm Sarah, yeah, and the one and only VP of sales of Leo. The one and um, only. So far. The best there's ever been, the best there ever will be, if I do say so myself. Well, so That's you're the VP the of sales. <laughs> So you starting with a sucker. <laughs> so what does it mean to be the VP of sales? What does that even like? What do you do? Do you just look at spreadsheets and tell Ben he's a knob or what? Um, yeah, definitely look a lot uh, at spreadsheets. Um, uh, however, that's been a constant um, pain in my life ever since I've been a VP of sales is the fact that I look at the wrong spreadsheets or the wrong numbers. So I probably spent extra much amount of time in there trying to make sense of it. But um, you know, I think most of my time I'm spending in meetings. If you look at my calendar, you probably will see that um, between nine and five, I'm generally doing back-to-back meetings. Um, and that means I spend most of my time with people. So, um, and probably should do more spreadsheets and analysis oh my than God. I am doing. How long have you been at Playo for? Yeah, I think you've been here since I remember. No, you joined after me, I think, Charlotte. I joined in March. Um, so what is it, one year? It come, it's coming up over to two years now. Yeah. 2018. Well, I remember, I remember when I was in sales and it was just this waiting period. There was, we were just always waiting for this magical VP of sales to show up. And it just seemed like it, finally, after ages of waiting, finally Sarah walks in the door and, and you solved all the, the VP of sales problems that we we're all waiting for. Were all your dreams come true? All, well, I fucked off too soon <laughs> to, to reap any of the benefits. You left straight off by joined. And I know. it wasn't just you. I remember my first one-on-one with most people, they were saying, I, I, I mean, I would use Marie-Louise here as an example, but yeah. I, I remember having a like, one-on-one with my first managers. It was Hacken, Marie-Louise, and Ida, who had been yeah. a manager before. And Ida uh, had already left um, and Marie-Louise and Hacken, the first thing they said to me is like, we don't want to do this job. So we want to do something else. And I was like, great. Okay. So <laughs> where do we go from here? <laughs> yeah. So there was a few people that left as soon as I joined um, or changed jobs within sales. So yeah, we I mean, were I- one of them. It certainly, it's, I'm sure it certainly wasn't a, an easy role to step into and there's lots of things all over. That's when we still had the lovely active user pricing model. How, how, Charlotte, in AML, how familiar are you with our pricing model at Plio? Uh, no, I, I am kind of familiar, yeah. but only because people talk about it at all hands. But as, as in my day-to-day job, I know nothing about, or no, that's not true. I do know, but I don't need to know anything about the pricing model. Yeah, because people can't money launder subscription fees. Their bills. <laughs> Their bills. What was it like getting an interview for that sort of job? Like, who who did you talk to? Were you like, were you grilled by every corner of the company? Was there any point where you're like, fuck this shit? But but also before you get to the interview process, how did you even get there? Were you like headhunted? Did you apply? Did you know about Cleo beforehand? Yeah. So I had left sales behind prior to Plio. I had, I spent, uh, say a good 10, 10, eight to 10 years as in the sales management roles. And then I had moved on from sales. Uh, I had enough of it in 2013 and was like, my stress levels is not, are not coping. And I wanted to start a family and I was like, there's no way I'm going to do this and that. Um, so I, I moved into marketing in the last five years before joining Clio, I was in marketing and I was running, a, I was head of Nordic marketing, I had a team, I'd established myself, built up a career in marketing and pretty happy with that. And that was the direction I was on. Um, so I, I had decided to leave my company, but not necessarily back to sales job that was not on the map. So um, yeah, I found it because a friend of mine 
she sent me the job post. She was helping me update my CV because I hadn't done that for 12 years. Um, and she uh, she was fixing it and then she was like, this, someone sent me this job, but this sounds like you, you should just read it. And I did, I read it and I was like, wow, this sounds interesting. I opened a tab. I do this a lot. If you look at my tabs now, you will see I still do this with the job post. And I think it sat there for a month without me doing anything because like the CV I built was a marketing CV. It was not a sales CV. Yeah, so um, nothing. The tab was still open. And then one day, um, a month later, um, I saw on LinkedIn, someone I knew had liked a post that Jesse and Hacken were on. And it was someone, um, a friend of mine. And I was like, Cleo, that was that company. That was that job someone sent me. So I opened it up and I noticed that Jesse um, and I had like 100 and 200 people in common. And it turns out she had worked at my, my company at Meltwater. So I, I messaged her and I was like, hey, I've just seen this job. I haven't applied, but um, oh, I think I had just sent an application that day. And I was like, um, could we have a chat? So she called me straight away, I think within an hour. And, wow. and she just said, oh my God, we're just about to give a job offer for this role. And um, I can't believe you just sent your application in. Let me just find it. And then we had a conversation sitting on my parents' bed because I was at their house when she called me. And then I think we talked for an hour and she's like, can you please talk to our CEO? Um, I will set up a call now. So straight after from Jesse, I jumped on a call with Jeppe. And then um, we also had a great conversation and then they were like, can you come to Copenhagen on Monday or something like that? It was like three days later or something um, along those terms. And um, I flew in and I met everyone in one day. So I did like the whole interview process. Um, so you're getting a little bit robotic. Maybe question. it's time for you to turn off the video so yeah. the, the connection gets a bit better. There we go. Is that better? I think so. Yes, keep telling your story. Sorry to, sorry to mess up your vibe. No, no, that's good. I was just coming to your question <laughs> about um, about if there was any point where I was like, I'm not going to use the word you used, but yeah, where I was like, I'm not interested in this. <laughs> and it was after that day when I met, basically, I think I had a group interview with 10 people. Um, 10 people? Yeah. In one, <laughs> in, like, literally in one room, in one go? Yeah, in one room. Um, hack an email, staring you down. Hacken was on camera, so he was like zoomed into the meeting, and then it was um, it was everyone else. I don't remember who it was to be honest at that time, but ML was definitely there. And so I met everyone in one go. That interview wasn't maybe the best Leo has done. Um, I was just like, what is this, and what is going on here? Um, but I, I think I told you afterwards. I was like, that was not a good experience. Um, but anyway, I'm here now. Um, I'm very happy that I took the job, and um, um, it's been it's been great. Well, I'm certainly happy you're here. What? <laughs> Thank you. What was the like when when you're sitting in a room with ten people? Uh, why do we have so many people in one room? What was going on? Everyone's like, "Who is going to come fix us?" Well, actually, I can answer that own question. I, I just I, I remember for so long there was so many people kind of chomping at the bit waiting for a VP of sales. So it seems like everything's just been uh, fine and dandy since then. But Plio aside, what was the first thing you bought with your Plio card? My flights to Denmark. Oh, that's, that, yeah. well, that's, that's most yeah. people here. That's a standard one. Um, after that, I'm trying to think of it, if there was anything more interesting. Um, There's not. So you know what? I bought a laptop with my Plio card for the first time. A laptop? Yeah. Why are we not given a laptop? Or did I buy a laptop? I don't know. I bought things for. I definitely laptop. bought a laptop with my Plio card as well. That, you know what? That's a that's a because that's what you used to do. We used to ask people to go and buy them. I think the London team. I remember when I was new, uh, people were asked to do that. Yeah, right? that is true. I suppose Bricks program stops that. Well, you got to think there used to be a life before Lathe. Lathe is really life, uh, before, <laughs> life before Lathe. What do you remember life, life before Lathe? Do you remember life before Lathe? Uh, I, when did Lake John? I think it was after me as well, around the same time. Yeah, way, was, way before me. Yeah, there was a dark period uh, before Lathe where it's all kind of a gray blur and <laughs> cards were flying everywhere and uh, no one could get their hands on a decent mouse and keyboard. When did I you know why people can't get their hands on a decent mouse and keyboard? <laughs> See, when I first joined, they gave me one of those like old mice and I was like, mm, nah. Nah. When nah. did you join, Charlotte? Which month? Uh, I joined in uh, July last year. Okay, yeah. She was there. She would have been there for your first team camp was a Berlin team. What was your so first I team camp? I actually came before. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Berlin was before I even joined. And I also went on a compliance team camp before I even joined. I went two team camps before I joined. You went two team camps before you joined? Yeah. Wow. What was your first team camp? Um, I was at the first sales team camp. You were there when we went to that. Oh, that weird school, right? Yeah. (laughs) Sort of a retired mental hospital. And... No, it was um, ML, I think, booked it. And what she didn't realize is that two or three team camps before that, because she had to miss it for some reason, um, we had already had a team camp there. So it was just what? like- What? Is weird school? Yeah, it was super strange. It's it was not like- a school, like a hospital, like a, no, like, um, isn't it like a home? Like, you know- A mental home? That's what I thought it was. Um, if, if maybe someone was just pulling my leg, but that's what I, yeah. So you, you join a new Danish company. You like come, you're like, oh, we're going to go in this amazing team camp. And they take you to a deserted old mental hospital <laughs> in the woods where you're all going to fucking die. I mean, it, that's generally <laughs> how I saw it. I was, it was my first month. I joined first of March and this was closing week in March. That was also a mystery to me that a sales team had uh, a team camp during closing day and no one was looking at the computer or selling anything. And I was like, okay, I have a lot to do here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I remember that team camp because that's when we started talking about, uh, I remember there was an introduction for sales OKRs there and I'm not, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that sort of thing. And I remember that's when we started pushing the plea for everyone because I had a demo yeah. at that team camp and we were speaking about, I, I remember like just go, it was right after we had like um, a session or something about it. And I just remember jamming Cleo for everyone down this person's throat. She was all about it. She didn't get cards for the whole company, but I, I very distinctly remember that. Yeah, it was, uh, I think Marie did a workshop on that there. Exactly. Um, were you a good salesman? Uh, I don't know. We don't need to answer that question. <laughs> uh, so let's let's actually put Pleo aside now. Let's uh, do rapid fire. Yeah. I, okay. So you've listened to a podcast before. You've listened to an episode or two. Yes. Actually, Se- Sebastian's and Nico's. And is, have you only listened to two? Uh, no comments. <laughs> it's okay. Two is actually more than most of our guests. Okay. So yeah. That... I mean, yes. Uh, so basically, what happened is a couple of uh, few weeks ago, yeah. me and Uta were talking, and I don't remember how it came about, but one of us said we should have a Pleo podcast. I, it was probably me because she yeah. knew we had one. And she said, well, we already have one. And I was like, do we? We have a podcast? And she's like, yes, Sarah, you're not that revolutionary around this idea. Um, so we've done it. So that's when I first knew that we had a podcast. But then I, I clearly noticed today I'm not, not on the Slack channel. And for some reason, I missed this altogether. Um, but um, so yeah, this today, um, this popped up on my calendar and I was like, oh my God, I have never listened to an episode. So I have done some training. Well, don't so, worry, don't worry. So, I mean- You're familiar with rapid fire questions then? Yes. Okay, sweet. Better than most of our guests, Brayden will likely stop us. We will likely discuss. Uh, <laughs> answer as fast as you can. Yep. Um, if you were someone from ABBA, who would you be? Uh, ABBA or Mamma Mia the movie? Because, you know, in my life, it's more about Mamma Mia the movie from my children and they're obsessed with it. But okay. ABBA, Mama- ABBA would be the, what's her name? As a Swede, I really should know her name, but not Agnetha, the other one, the redhead. The other one. Who'd you be from the movie? The mom, Donna. Donna. Have you seen the movies? Uh, no. Movies plural. Oh my god, you missed out. As someone who doesn't really like ABBA, we're like, we're, it's closer to religion in my family than anything else these days because we play it 24 hours a day. Did you know Stina, like the Stina that works at Pleo, Swedish yeah. Stina? Her grandma uh, was in ABBA. Are you joking? That's not true. In ABBA. Her There's grandma was, uh, I don't know the person, but her grandma was one of the people in ABBA. So there's only two women. So he was... I don't know which it was. You got what? a couple of Stina. This is like stardom on another level. She is related to ABBA. This isn't true. I'm just, I'm putting my hands up. You can't see it right say, now. This I'm putting my hands video. up. You gotta, you gotta speak to Stina Grant about this. Uh, her... On the feed or the other one, Agnetha, I think her name is. Agnetha. I don't know. I don't know the names of anyone in ABBA. I didn't even know there was two girls in it. 
Oh my god. Okay, that's like, you know, it's it's on the level of Michael Jackson and the Queen. And it's Swedish royalty. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, uh, maybe we got to start you know, talking to Stina more about ABBA stuff. This is like when we found out that Lucy Winter was super gullible. Never find out that you're super gullible. <laughs> I, I know. Listen, this is a joke. Stina doesn't have a grandma that's an ABBA. I know that. And I was trying to trick Sarah. And oh. now, you're, now you thought I was trying to pull the wool over your eyes, bozo. <laughs> All right, you definitely tricked me because it's very likely. How would I know what her family? Well, well Stina, yeah. fun fact, Stina went around convincing a bunch of people. She had me convinced. She had heaps. She had Luke convinced. She had Luke convinced for so long. He started telling people outside of work that it came back to her <laughs> that she was. I, I would definitely have told people if I, if this was back. <laughs> well, that's what I was hoping for until Charlotte messed it up. But let's move on. It's rapid fire questions. We're going too slow here. All right, sorry, sorry, sorry. What's your signature dance move? I have no idea. I don't pay attention to my own. <laughs> I just go with the flow. I just let the music carry me. Um, but, but the moral of the story is you're on the dance floor when there's a dance floor to be on. Yes. Um, I don't think I have a signature. I think it's some, you can't see me. So it's probably something like raised hands, you know, in the air, shaking like you don't care, you know, something like that. I mean, we can't see you, but we can hear that you're physically shaking. <laughs> Okay. Have you ever crashed a car? What do you call like what's crashed? Like I haven't like crashed it in, uh, into a wall, so someone died or myself. But um, I have definitely had car accidents um, and crashed and destroyed someone else's bumper on their car. Uh, so yes. How fast were you going? Not that fast. It was Four like miles. Never I basically got my license and the first I, I got a so my my job gave me a company car and, and, um, and this was my second job I was 23 years old and I didn't have a license but to get to where this company was I needed to drive because there was no like public access so they would like they paid for me to get my license and the day I got my license they gave me the car keys it wasn't anything super fancy it was like a old man's Ford Mondeo like huge car yeah and I was like sure and my husband who had seen me take my lessons were like you should not be behind the wheels of a car <laughs> um and and on my first week I uh, went into a Mercedes and um it like in the traffic lights and his whole bumper this poor man he was a doctor because you know I had to do the insurance papers um just dropped to the ground and my Ford Mondeo didn't have a scratch so oh um, I don't know what you mean by crash but that did happen well, that's a crash in my books. <laughs> wow. Yeah. My don't... boss was very nice. Really? Nice. Yeah. Don't give you a Playo company car. What was the last lie that you told? <laughs> oh, that's a, the car accident is not that. Um, <laughs> I think I lie a lot. Like, you know, small <laughs> lies. I have kids, like I lie all the time. So I, I think I'm actually struggling to do, differentiate between truth and lies here. Um, all right, well, next question then. Genu genuinely, my next yes. question is, was that a lie? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, unfortunately. I wish I could say I'm very truthful. Um, yeah, I'll come back to that. I don't remember. Okay, um, who would be the first person in the London office to die in a zombie apocalypse? In what? In the London office. To die in what? How? A zombie apocalypse. Oh. Um. <laughs> Me? Me, probably. Um, you before answer. Alex Lindley? Oh, okay. Yeah, Alex Lindley wouldn't have much of a chance. <laughs> okay. He's still precious. Uh, but I'm also like, I, I think I would panic. I don't know. Alex, let's go with Alex. I think you would find like somewhere really small to hide and just like, just, like <laughs> yourself well, away. Here's the thing. Here's the thing you're not considering, Sarah. You mm -hmm. have children. You've got a reason to to kind of go go <laughs> rapid and start slaughtering zombies to protect your children. You think Alex has no reason to live? That's that's not what I was saying. <laughs> 
I'm just saying, I, I think something when, when there's- well, a- I, I actually agree with you because I've always thought I'm the kind of person that would just like die of fear if something happened because I'm, I'm very scared. Yeah. But I do think this, um, like, you know, it kicks in this, um, this fighting spirit or survival instinct where you just become like crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I can see myself doing that. Okay, who would be the last to die? Jamie or Thomas Lewis, Miles, Simon. And there's a group of these strong athletes that just, um, from, from physical, it depends on what you would need to survive. If it's physical, we have some strong, strong guys in the office that just work out way too much. Um, and then we have a breed of extremely smart creatives that would just like, I think Natalie, Natalie actually, she would survive the longest. She, she has a little bit of both. She's fit, healthy, strong, and also smart and strategic. So Natalie. Without knowing uh, a portion of the people in the London office, I back that answer. I think Natalie's yeah. definitely going to be the last uh, yeah. guy in For a zombie sure. apocalypse. For sure. Last one standing. Yeah. Also, she's now, so she's now like, in uh, Copenhagen, what is what is the date today? We're recording this on the 10th of November, and uh, she's currently taking refuge here. So maybe we'll uh, we'll have her as one of our own very soon. No, <laughs> I, I don't support that. And <laughs> um, where do you keep your eggs? In the fridge. Oh, Good answer. No, I know, but I can tell you why. I have this fear that they're gonna. Um, what do you call it in English? That they will click up, that they will become, you know, chickens if it's too warm. No. Yeah, because if it's warm enough and I keep my house really warm because I'm always cold, uh, I, I just have this sense that, you know, it could be a freak and they survived with less heat than needed. And they just, um, so in the fridge, it's guaranteed that's not going to happen. So Sarah, you've got kids. Do you know how babies are made? Yeah, but with the eggs, you have to keep them in these warm little ovens, right? Or these little heating devices to get to make them into chickens. Or you have to have the hen sitting on them. Do you, you mean eggs? They've already been produced. I know how babies are made, but they have to be fertilized. No. Listen, I back you, Sarah. Do I feel not? the same way. You know no, what? No. You're right. No, I didn't, you need a cock. Okay, <laughs> I have no but. You had the cock to make the egg to begin with, no? I am not. The hen can just lay an egg. But it's okay, so it can't actually be a chicken. This no, is it is. I back you. I think eggs should go in the fridge. But honestly, your fears is a small bit irrational. Okay, guys, I'm married to farmers. Can you keep this information between us that I actually don't know how eggs are produced? Okay, well then, my last question is quite They don't have any chickens on their farms. Maybe that's why. Yeah. I hear your husband's a chicken farmer. <laughs> He's not a chicken farmer. If he was, maybe I should know this type of information. God, how, can we cut this out? No. <laughs> um, and my, my final question is, have you ever milked a cow? And I'd like to caveat that with manually or automatically. Never. And I don't intend to. Uh, also, great answer. I've never milked a cow. It sounds like Charlotte's milked a cow since. There's yeah, cow. but Charlotte, I follow you on Instagram. You're probably one of the best people I follow. You, and I'm sure you've heard this before. But your life, especially when you're back home, is just so interesting. You're the only person I feel like I need to put the volume on for. You know, because I always do it without sound. Um, and just, you know, if it's got sound, I'm like, I'll miss the point, it's fine. But with yours, I was like, I need to hear what she's saying when she's zooming in on these cows and, and whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> that has just justified my existence. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't use Instagram actively. Um, so I've missed a lot of what Charlotte's done. I've heard a lot about this action man. Yeah, well, I think I came in too late for that because I heard about it from Owen. Owen's like, you have to follow Charlotte. So he, he gave me some glowing reviews. And then um, when I joined, I think you had some action figures at some point, but I was probably not listening at that time to the sound. But it's, I've seen a lot of zooming in on random animals. So over lockdown, when I was stuck in Scotland, every so I've got this old action man figure and he comes in this big Jeep. And my dad takes action man 
And we live in the countryside. It's like very nice. We have fields and forests and gardens. And my dad takes this action man and hides it somewhere around the, the, the gardens or the grounds. And then I have to go and find him. And what, it, have you done that since you were little or is this a, a new grown up sort of no, game that you? This, this was just, uh, just during lockdown. So what we used to do when okay. we were children is my dad would always like hide him somewhere interesting, but it would never be like this like daily hunt to find him. Like sometimes he'd be like strawberry <laughs> patch, and one day he'd be like amongst the hay or in the stables. But uh, I felt like a twat. You did. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. I've actually um created a I don't know what you call them like a favorite thing, so anyone can go back and relive all of the Action Man series. And my dad now is like, how many people are watching? This is so exciting. What would you Action Man? But I actually just got sent a picture the other day saying Action Man's retiring because my parents are moving house. Oh no. Well, uh, well that's Christmas time, Action Man. We're we're that's the end of the rapid fire questions, if you can tell already, because Charlotte went off on an action man tangent. And <laughs> I, I, I should just remind you that this isn't this isn't the Charlotte Lowry podcast. We're we're talking to Sarah here. <laughs> so, Sarah loves Action Man. Sarah didn't even know Action Man existed. Yeah, I had seen Action Man in a couple of scenes, but I, I, I think I zoomed me more into the animals than Action Man. Well, then let's, I'm, I'm a little bit torn right now because I want to transition and we got a lot, we did a little bit of digging beforehand. We asked around and I was hoping for some, some really uh, funny, interesting stories, but everyone just said, you must have some good sales stories. And no one gave any specifics, which isn't good enough for me. But I heard that you probably have some interesting little bits of information about when you opened the Meltwater office in what I think is Philadelphia. Was that where it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you who tell told us? you that? I'm just wondering who, 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 I must have told it to someone at some point. We yeah, never yeah. have sources. Um, so can you tell us the, the weirdest story? Because Philadelphia, like who, who wants to live in Philadelphia? Well, you, you lived in Philadelphia for a while. What was that whole situation like? What's the craziest thing that happened? Also, well done, Philadelphia, in the election. Well done, Philadelphia, in the election. Yeah, exactly. I, I felt such a deep connection to the city of brotherly love. Um, that's what they call themselves. Uh, so, Philly. Philly, I had so much fun in Philadelphia. But yeah, I would definitely not have thought I would ever live in Philadelphia. That was never... You were there for how long? I was there for nine months, I think. Nine months. Nice. Yeah. So, um, quick context story. I joined Meltwater in November 2006. Um, I worked November and December as a sales rep. It was called international management trainee, but um, essentially it was like an A role. And um, I, I, in November, I missed my target. December, I sold six deals. And that was sort of like unheard of. No one managed that because it was a brand new product. The product didn't exist. It was much of a, more of a concept. What, what, anyway, what is the product for it was a cloud computing product at the time. And um, what I was working with, it wasn't necessarily what much what it does today, but basically it was like a Dropbox or a box, sort of a box that B2B cloud computing. So storage and so on. Anyway, um, so in January, I think it was mid-January, sorry, mid-December, Christmas time, my boss comes up. I knew he was going to uh, the US, to Philadelphia to set up a new office over there for the East Coast. We wanted to go to New York. We couldn't afford that. Philadelphia is a cheaper East Coast. It's only an hour to New York for meetings. So it's it's sort of good. Um, and he's like, he, there was five people that were going to set up that office, four people. And he came and he's like, I think you should come with us. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, you know, didn't expect that. I've only just joined like a month and a half ago. And he's like, just come for eight weeks just to um, help us to hire a team. We can kick off this product over there. Why don't you come just for eight weeks um, and experience this? And I could maybe quickly just also mention, I had a boyfriend who lived in London. I took the job. I was supposed to train in Stockholm and then move to London. But um, they said, just we delay that a little bit, come for two months and then go to London. And I was like, okay, sure. So I packed my bags for eight weeks um, to go to Philly. I ended up staying nine months. Um, so that was sort of not expected and London never happened. So um, the whole thing took a different turn. But Philadelphia, yeah, we hired a, a group of people very similar to what we do now in sales. So um, we had two different product teams and we basically launched an office in a shared office space, like tech space in, that we had in London, like a co-working space. 
And um, yeah, I do have some weird stories from that time because uh, we did a very much a physical meeting sales process. We booked physical meetings. Um, it wasn't over the, done over the phone. Um, so you booked the meeting and then you went. And it, it, we were all new. No one was from Philly and no one really understood locations and areas and how far distances were. So if you booked a meeting, which was like your first goal, it was such a success. We're like, we would go, we would go anywhere. So I ended up in some really weird meetings because Philadelphia is a really weird part of the world. Um, outside of Philadelphia, you have this, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, Amish population. It's a huge Amish population. And um, there's all these weird old German towns. I think it's called Germantown actually. It's like a big area. And yeah, outside of Philadelphia, um, in Delaware and, and those are weird places. And yeah, I ended up going to some really, really old places and meeting some really, really different characters. But one meeting, and I think this is what someone has referred to, um, it was around Christmas time and my boss was in town. And um, so I booked a meeting with this company and for once, no, no one was ever interested in that product. But this guy was like really interested and he's like, we'd love to meet you. This is exactly what we wanted. This is amazing. Can you please come and see, see us in our offices? So we get into a car, pull up the map and it's like an hour and a half drive into the sticks, like no man land. And he's like, where the hell are we going? And I'm like, I don't know, but this guy really wants to buy. He wants to sign today. And I had sent him contracts and everything. So my boss is like, okay. So we're driving and driving. We arrive in this ghost town where we didn't see a living creature. Everything was boarded up. It was really strange. I have to look it up now to see where it was. But, and then there's this one like building in the middle of the town. It's sort of end of January and there's Christmas things everywhere. Christmas decorations. It was just really eerie. Do you think you're going <laughs> to die? Well, yeah. 100% uh, because we didn't see one living creature in like for the whole time we were there we opened this door this door opens we knock and we're like we're definitely in the wrong place anyway this man opens the door and with this really strange looking woman he's also really really strange really unusual and he gets cross because he thought I was going to come on my own and I have this tall big like my boss looks very similar to Jeppe like Scandinavian Swedish guy like same sort of profile um, looks wise and he honestly he was like you didn't tell me you're bringing anyone you didn't say you're coming with it and and Niklas said in Swedish to me he's like if you had come here alone you would never have left oh like God. what the hell is this place so we drove all this way right so we go into the meeting room we sit down in this weird office and we basically have the meeting the whole time the man is only looking at me he doesn't acknowledge that Niklas is there the whole meeting we were there for like an hour. He definitely wasn't planning on buying, but he was just so mad. And when we left, he was like, I'm so disappointed. And his wife was there the whole time, like a statue. It was just the creepiest thing I've ever experienced. And after that, he's like, you're not allowed to go to any more meetings on your own. This is not okay. We need to do better filtering process. <laughs> oh so my God. that's what they're referring to. That's mad. Long story, but it was, um, it was out of a movie or something. That's so spooky. I've never been to a town that's been completely abandoned like that. And I, I, I don't even know where, like how the vibe feels when you get to a place. Cause it's it just like, is there even a place to stop for gas? Like, what is that like? I honestly, it was, it was like in the middle of nowhere, there was like miles and miles of just fields. And then you sort of, this little town pops up with like a tiny amount of buildings. So it wasn't like big or anything. I just don't know how on earth I found it. Like how is there even a company there? Um, what did the yeah. company do? Did they were they just a vague tech company? They were a consultant um, of some kind. Oh. But he, I don't remember. I think I have the, some of the emails saved because this was such a like moment. We we laughed about it many many times with fear, but we laughed. Well, that that gave me just a small little tingle down my spine. I'm glad, uh, <laughs> glad you had your boss with you there, so that uh, me too. Did. I th I think we should move on from that story <laughs> i know i don't know if i would call it a fun story but it was a weird story well, yeah. we, we've got a fun story for everybody else but maybe not for you how's, how's okay. lily doing lily yeah i mean if my camera was on i could i could show you but the rest of them wouldn't see she's sitting right here behind me um 
So yeah, Lily, um, she's not feeling too well, actually. So we're taking her to the vet after this. Um, so she, um, I went to Sweden for a week for work and holiday and we gave her back to the breeders where we got her to look after while we went away. And apparently it's created some stress in her, this moving around. So, so she's who is, who is Lily? Maybe you should, you should mention that first. because most. Oh, people... Yeah, I mean, Charlotte, how did you know about Lily? So Lily is my little rabbit that I um, that joined our family a few months ago. Yeah, so you bought a rabbit, and yes. we were told that that after you bought this rabbit, you uh, you oh we're oh. taking a look at the rabbit here. Oh, Hi, that's Lily. a cute little. Yeah, cute I'll bring her. You can talk. Oh, oh, Lily's coming to say hello to the camera. This is almost so. Last last podcast we interviewed Igor, <gasps> and Igor had a cat that was bigger than your rabbit. Oh my Oh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Hold it there. I'm going to take a picture because I want to, we can use this for the, uh, the, <laughs> or the, whatever, whatever it is. We the, the, the picture. The yeah. yeah. This oh, is so sweet. So we were told that Yepa left you with some, some disappointing news that this rabbit <laughs> was going to be a bit bigger of an expense than you thought. What's that all about? Hey, how much do rabbits eat that costs? Ten. Yeah. So apparently, no, the cost came from my husband. Um, Yepa told me how long they'd live which is not something I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't expect it to die at a young age or after a few years, but I also didn't know they lived for 25 years, which is what, what Yep told me. So when I told Yep we were getting a rabbit, he's like, do you know how long they live? And I was like, no, I should, like three, four years maybe. Um, and he was like, they live for 25 years. You're, you're now committed to this. Did you know yeah, so that was um yeah oh i'm gonna switch off again so it doesn't break up but um that was uh news to me and then my husband went to uh, the pet shop to get like the first bits that we needed like hay and whatever else we need and they they basically attacked him and they were like are you committed to this rabbit do you know what a rabbit takes rabbit is not just something you buy and you leave on the corner of the house like and and he was like not convinced about getting a rabbit this was also my idea and they, he came back and he was like, do you know what a rabbit costs in its lifetime? And again, it was new information to me. I mean, how much can a rabbit cost? But it, apparently they cost 10,000 pounds, according to the pet shop, in its lifetime. In fairness, in fairness, 10,000 pounds across 25 years. Yeah, the pet shop said 14 years, though, 14 to 15 years. So I think Yepes might have exaggerated his, his number a little bit. Um, so yeah, we have Lily now, and I think we're well on our way for ten thousand in his first year, to be honest, because a vet appointment costs seventy five pounds. Um, our job. See if you're listening to this right now, but Charlotte, <laughs> our, our mouths are absolutely gaping. This is insane. And she has she has three three homes. Um, she has an outside hut. She she has an inside cage. She has a travel cage. Why is this like dumb? Why didn't she just get? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you get a dog? I, I'm already regretting the commitment to the rabbit. So um, having to take it out walking would not have been okay. No, um, this was sort of our first pet. So we'll see. Oh my God, have you seen bunny show jumping? No. <laughs> bunny show jumping? <laughs> yeah, it's, on, oh, it's like, I, I, I think it's a Swedish thing, is it not? Where, like, it, you take I know of bunny show jumping. Yeah, when I was little and everyone had bunnies, they used to do that. So you literally just like make bunnies do like a course of show. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's definitely. <laughs> that sounds insane. <laughs> um, I can also add, John, my husband, he's a, as I said, farmer, but they're like agricultural farmers and arable farmers or whatever it's called. Yeah. And what him and his dad do, you know, in the summer evenings is to go out and shoot rabbits, not because it's a hobby, but, you know, the rabbits eat the crop and that's like a nuisance to all farmers you've probably seen peter rabbit right and um and that's that's sort of the week before we got lily my grand uh, elsa sorry my daughter elsa and um john's dad goes elsa do you want to come out with us this evening we're going to go shoot rabbits and i'm like no she's not going to go out shoot rabbits that look just like her pet rabbit that we're about to get next week so there is this conflict where whenever I want to spend too much time with this Lily or engage in her, John's like, it's a rabbit. And to him, it's like, it's basically not worth much. So we have a little bit of issue in our family over this. Yeah. So, so you got to keep your eyes on it. Otherwise, the rabbit <laughs> might end up on the, the dinner table one day. Have you ever eaten rabbit? 
Uh, I haven't. I ate it once in Cuba when I was 12 years old and I didn't really understand food. Mm -hmm. Have you, Charlotte? I've never had rabbit. Yeah, I had a delicious rabbit salad one day. A rabbit salad? Yeah, it was wow. so it really? was um, in a little restaurant called something in Edinburgh. And it was so delicious on the Royal Mile. Is it like chicken? It was like dark, dark chicken, like the dark meat, maybe slightly drier. And uh, like, I don't know, like a bit between like chicken and pheasant. It was pretty good. I'm feeling so uncomfortable. About cover cover this her ear. Uh, you realize after all this, you're talking about <laughs> consuming a rabbit. It was the most delicious thing I've ever had. <laughs> it wasn't the most delicious thing I've ever had. Uh, but, so yeah. let's not talk about rabbits anymore because Charlotte we should, put out a warning. we should put out a warning for our vegan vegan listeners <laughs> they can deal with it they can deal with it <laughs> so um when ML heard that you got invited on the podcast she was absolutely livid because ever yeah. since she's been back from maternity leave she's been asking to be on the podcast and she came to me one day and she asked hey what do you think about this idea? What if we do like a mom podcast where me and Sarah interview Marie and, and like give her all this advice on being a mother? Was that her idea? Sorry to interrupt. Or your idea? Because she did tell me this, but she said it was your idea. Oh, she's full of shit. <laughs> it was not. I don't know who's that. It wasn't my idea. I think she told me she got it from someone else, like Ian or something. Um, but I think she's lying. I think she came up with this herself and she's trying to... <laughs> So what I was going to ask, because I told her, I was like, that sounds like a fantastic idea. I think you guys should do it. And we're happy to release it in like the Pleo podcast feeds yeah. so on the same place and do like, I think it'd be cool to do like a four part little mini series. But I wanted to hear from you if you would actually be interested in, in doing that sort of thing, or if you guys have actively discussed this further. I'm getting so excited. Yeah, no, um, we have not. She messaged me and she said, hey, uh, Charlotte and Brayden want to do an interview with us about being moms and, um, and interview Marie. And I, she said, would you like to do it or be involved or something like that? It's on Slack, so I can read exactly what she said later if you want. <laughs> um, and then I said, sounds great. And then I said, actually, Charlotte's asked me if I want to be on this podcast as well. And then that's when she wrote, what? <laughs> and then she said, I've asked to be a guest ever since I got back and they don't take me. I can't believe they take true. you. That is true. But just Braden, because I let anybody on this. No, I mean. <laughs> so that was, um, that was uh, a little bit of a recap from what she told me as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I would be happy to. I think for me, um, yeah, I need to make time for these type of things. I love doing them, but um not you're, busy, you're a busy person you got a, a you know a, a job that's very demanding and then you've also got kids and most importantly and a rabbit and a bunny mm. so that bunny doesn't take care of itself actually so my my girlfriend she had a bunny when she was little and she told me the story where she took it to the vet once because it had this weird thing where its head was cocked <laughs> to the right and its head was stuck there and uh, the vet took it in and they charged them, I think it was like something ridiculous, like 2000 kroner. And they, they poked it once and they said, oh, it's drank too much water. <laughs> so just be weary. So just be weary. Well, I'm going to my first vet appointment in half an hour. So um, I will remember that. But yeah. I'm going because she's, um, yeah, she's not right. I don't want to go into the details of why, but we can save that. Probably drank too much water. I'm telling you now. I'm going to call it. <laughs> Um, What's the most Swedish thing you do while you're still in the UK? While you're still, while you're in the UK? I do quite a lot of Swedish things, actually. I have found myself, one is um, I still um, try to get my hands on Swedish sweet goodies, like wherever I can, whether that's online ordering, asking people I travel and that kind of thing. But I, I definitely overdress my kids for English temperatures, or not temperatures, English culture. People in England, I'm not joking. It's like, 10th of November, I still see kids in shorts and t-shirts outside. And I'm just like, are they just wired differently? It's, it's the body temperature differently. How are they not cold when my kids are like wearing layer on layer and hats and, and everything? So I dress according to Swedish standards and not English standards, uh, myself and the kids. In my head, probably like fashion standards, not just like these people are so underdressed. Well, it's just weird to wear t-shirt in november when it's not warm we don't live in la like outside in a cold go sending your kids to school like i don't understand that I that's agree. that's very swedish though 
that was that was the one thing when I went to the UK and, and went out for the first time, uh, like as a as a young man hitting the streets. It, it, <laughs> I was thrown off by the way the girls dressed, not because yeah. they dressed any differently, but it's just they would go out without a jacket. Yeah, do you know why? Because you have to pay a pound for cloakroom, and we're not doing that. I know, but do you rather get pneumonia? Yeah, like you know what? You're that's the alternative to that one pound cloak. That's that was me. That was me. I'm not paying a pound for cookroom because I'll be drunk enough when I go home that I won't feel the temperature. <laughs> <laughs> but that that uh, that I I studied uh, in England university and that amazed me, and it still does. So we're dabbling into the these are questions from Pleo now that have been asked uh, for us to ask you. So that was one of the questions. Another question here is, what is your favorite snack? that's kind of healthy, but then you end up eating way too many of them and it probably wasn't healthy anymore. That's um, what are they called? Clementines, mandarins, what are they called? The little, little oranges? Yeah, yeah. Healthy. not if you eat 30. Yeah, yeah I, can eat, I can easily eat 30 of those. Like if you watch the TV and you like a whole bag because they're so addictive and so small and easy to peel. And you're like, it's a oh. fruit, it's an orange. It's, and then you've eaten 30. Yeah what's going on mm. <laughs> that's a great answer they are delicious with seeds or without seeds without seeds but today i had one with seeds it's just such a disappointment it slows down the speed as well that's good <laughs> uh what is one place you'd really like to go but haven't managed to get there yet japan oh yeah have you been to japan no but i was gonna go for the rugby world cup and then i didn't and it was the biggest regret of my life yeah, yeah I, I love the idea of Japan, both like Tokyo, but also outside. Um, it just hasn't happened. I think my problem is that because I've always lived in other countries other than my home, all yeah. my holidays I always get spent on traveling to see home. Yeah. And when we lived in New York, it was worse because John's family lived in London, in the UK, mine lived in Sweden. So whatever holiday we had was always between families. So we, we very rarely got to go to Asia or do anything like that. So there's a lot of places on my list, but Japan is very much the top of that. Maybe if you go on a family holiday to Japan, you can take Braden with you as like a third child because uh, he really wants to go to Asia. I've never been to Asia ever. Yeah, I haven't been to Asia, apart from being born in, in I don't know, we call Iran in, in Asia, but um, never been. You were born in Iran? Yeah. So I was four when I moved to Sweden. See, this is that's a story for another part. I feel like you've told exactly. that story before, or maybe I've been part of uh, conversations where you spoke. Yeah. I feel like that's, there's a recorded conversation where you've spoken about. Was it not the Pleo Talks at Team Camp that you spoke mm, partially I about was that? At Paul's Pleo Talk. Maybe I missed uh, that. I don't know. I have done a couple of talks internally before. So, I, yeah, yeah, it was the Pleo Talks. That's when I spoke about it. That's right. Yeah, so if, if anyone's interested in hearing a really great chat, I think those are recorded. You can find them in Notion somewhere. Don't Just, watch that one. I cried in the middle of it. It was horrible. Don't watch lovely. it. I, I rightly, unlike Charlotte, chose the correct Cleo talk. No, you didn't get to choose it because that was my first choice and I got put in polls. Okay, well, that was... <laughs> <laughs> I like polls, uh, but it wasn't my first choice. I, I don't recommend watching it. That's all. How many, <laughs> I love watching people cry. How many missing receipts? Actually, to be fair, um, I, I, I don't, I enjoy not watching people cry, but I cried the other day watching Toy Story 4. I just got Disney Plus. No, I just got Disney Plus, And then, uh, we're at, uh, my friend Mary Emma's house, me and my girlfriend, and we're watching the movie and come to the end of the movie, Toy Story 4, it fucking got me. So, yeah, um, those, I, I cry very easily to films and things like that in real life. I'm on, when it's about real stuff, I can't, I cry very rarely. But I can cry watching a TV advert or something like that. But um, that, this one was more about like the real stuff where I normally would put on a, on a stronger face than I had in that interview. Yeah, yeah I feel you. Those are, those are certainly some tough tears. You know what's tougher than uh, holding back those tears? <laughs> no. It's the Pleo. How many missing receipts do you have right I don't think it would be good for me. This is why I'm going to tell a lie. I have no missing receipts. <laughs> It just, you know, I, I'm very much with the kind of person that believe fundamentally they need to lead by example. And when you have a lot of people reporting to you, I don't think people should know how many missing receipts I have. But um, I may have one or two. One or two. That's all right. You know, how many do you have? 
Me? Yeah. None. Never. I never missed a receipt upload. I never buy anything on my Plio card. Uh, Ask uh, Jacob Anderson for my number. <laughs> I'm sure he will share. I, I can find it. That'll that that's going to be the episode description for this one. Is just how many receipts you have. Just a <laughs> no, number. Ask Jacob Anderson for my number. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're we're running out of time. You also have to go to the yeah. vet soon. I've got one last question. Uh, why was the Devil's Island the best sales team Plio's ever seen? No, let's, let's <laughs> not even go there. I miss the Devil's Island um, so much because, uh, I mean, you guys, three, four of you were selling more than um, more than some offices or markets are still doing to this day. So that's why. It was high performance, high performance, high quality. Listen, the Devil's Island was a collective. There's no ego there. And there, I mean- uh, Tell that to Alex only. Yeah. The, yeah, so the Devil's Island was uh, a sales organization within Plio that consisted of uh, Ben, uh, Ben James, Alex Lindley, uh, Nicholas, rest in peace. And then also myself. Uh, and Josh for a while. And jo yes, and Josh, Josh for, there was a portion where Josh wasn't in it. And then when he joined, it just, it went through the roof. Josh is the real powerhouse behind the Devil's Island, mm -hmm. uh, but now it's dead. So it's probably- for It's very sad. There was a moment when I tried to re reinstate it a couple of months ago by getting Ben um, back into sales himself with um, Alex. I didn't get far with that, but I, I was trying to ignite the fire by reminding them of their glory days. Yeah. Um, so if that's if that's any indication of the, the <laughs> who is lacking in the Devil's Island and uh, who is strong, then I never got the message to rejoin the Devil's Island. So rest in peace yourself. The door has closed. Uh, the door to sales is always opened if you're willing to turn that's the knob. True. If you're willing to turn the knob, you can go back. That is maybe, not true. Maybe not in this company, but if I wanted to go back no. to sales. Look, I did, I did a boomerang back into sales. You can do the same. Listen. When we're looking for, when we've got some enterprise clients and we're looking for uh, the sales engineers that need to come with the code and come with the sales, everyone's going to come knocking on old BG's door to, to close <laughs> some, some spicy deals. Charlotte doesn't, she's looking at me like she doesn't believe it. Uh, it's bullshit. Thank <laughs> you for listening to the Playoff Podcast. Thank, Thank you so much, guys. And on a lie. Yeah, well, and on a lie. Everyone <laughs> tell one lie before we end. Sarah, what's your lie? Oh, can someone else start? I am not good with quick answers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. My lie is that uh, I am going to go home and I'm not going to eat any dinner at all. Oh, you kind of stole mine. I was going to say I'm not going to have a glass of wine after this, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair lie. Charlotte? Uh, we did not drink beer through this and I have not felt uncomfortable for the last 30 minutes because I have to pee so badly. <laughs> I also haven't felt uncomfortable because of how bad I have to pee. Sarah, <laughs> thank you for joining us. This was a tremendous amount of fun. I hope you enjoyed it. I, hope I loved it. Thank you so much, guys. No problem. Hold on. Bye to you and bye to Lily. Bye to Lily. Bye. 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 Kisses.